eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, that that sound you heard around Western New York and Bills fans throughout not only the country but the world, obviously, they're everywhere, is a collective exhale after a 34-31 win in the AFC Super Wildcard round against the Miami Dolphins onto the divisional round against the Cincinnati Bengals. It certainly wasn't easy, and it also wasn't the way most envisioned it would happen. We're going to talk about it today. Sal Capaccio, WGR Sports Radio 550. Matt Bove, Channel 7 WKBW-TV in Buffalo. Matt, this was a game that really put a lot of stress on fans. Obviously, uh, the Bills got it in the end, but not the way fans thought it was going was gonna to go, and especially after the way it started. You're right, but this is where I'm going to go to. And I, I just have felt this way, I don't know, really since yesterday. It doesn't matter. It does not matter that they barely won. Agreed. Because I think back to last year when they blew the doors off of the Patriots, and you're like, whoa, this team is legit. And then guess what happened the next week? They lost. And yeah, they had a really good offensive day the following week. But defensively, they didn't. And it didn't matter that they had a great game one week and then the next game they didn't. So who knows? Maybe they needed to squeak out a win and that's going to be a wake up call for them. I just really don't think I've seen so much discourse from fans about this team's a fraud. These guys aren't going to win anything, blah, 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 blah. And I just think it's such an overreaction. There was one team we're recording this Monday morning. There was one team that was the favorite that covered the spread this weekend. And it was the 49ers. The Bengals barely hung on against the Ravens. The Chargers lost outright to the Jags. They blew a massive lead. And then the Giants beat the Vikings. So, like, close games happen. I think there was these unrealistic expectations Mm -hmm. based off of everything that happened last year with New England. That was like, okay, the Bills are going to come in here and they're going to absolutely roll. I thought they were going to win by, like, 10. I didn't think that they were going to win by 30. I also didn't think they were going to win by 3. But they had way too many mistakes. And I think those mistakes are something that doesn't necessarily have to like continue. Like a lot of the mistakes that the bills had 
were self-inflicted wounds. Josh Allen fumbles the ball. It's a strip sack. The interception that goes off of Beasley's chest, the decision to throw it deep to John Brown, them taking the kill shot. Like of the mistakes, that's the one I have the least problem with because I appreciate them being aggressive. The drops all over the place. Dawson Knox makes an unbelievable touchdown catch. Then he drops a touchdown that he needs to bring in. Khalil Shakir drops a pass that would have wiped out like a 60-yard gain and would have put the Bills in the red zone. Um, The Cole Beasley one that we mentioned, it hits his chest, it bounces up. So, like, I don't think that they're going to have that many drops next week. I don't think that they're going to be as unlucky. And I also think there's something to be said about a hungry dog runs faster, and the Dolphins came into this game with literally no pressure. All of the pressure yesterday was on the Bills because they were these massive favorites. The Dolphins could take every risk possible, and it almost paid off, and kudos for them. There were fourth down decisions that they made where I was like, hell yeah, if you're the underdog, that's what you need to do. They also blitzed a ton, and conventional wisdom says, like, don't blitz Josh Allen. Well, when you got the defensive line that they do, it works, and it did yesterday. It got sacked like seven times. I saw a stat on SportsCenter last night that he is the only quarterback I think in wild card history to be sacked seven times and have multiple turnovers and still win the game. And there's been like six or seven people who have done it. So I'm ranting here. I just think that people are way too freaked out about them still winning a game. You cast a wide web here. Okay. Uh, A lot to get to a lot that you talked about. You covered a lot. I agree with pretty much everything you said. I want to say it in my own way, a different way. And I want to focus in on a couple of the things that you just talked about. All right. Matt, anybody who's listened to me on the radio over the last 11 years in Buffalo since I've been back knows that I say this all the time. During the drought, I would say this. It didn't matter if the Bills were good or bad. It didn't matter. Every single football game has its own DNA. What happens in one game has no bearing on another game. I agree with you. It's a different way of saying what you've just said right here. Football is a game of matchups and injuries and game plan. Yes, it is a game of matchups. This is not a great matchup for the Bills, the way the Dolphins like to be aggressive and get after the quarterback. They can give up big plays, and they did. They can also make big plays, and they did. What did we say on this podcast? By the way, it's always game day in Buffalo. Subscribe, like, every all that nice stuff. Throw us a nice review. What did we say? We said the path to victory for the Dolphins is be aggressive, score on defense, get some turnovers. They did all of that, and the Bills still won. This game came down to one reason why it was a three-point game. You said it correctly. Critical mistakes by the offense. I'm going to give you a stat. The Buffalo Bills defense allowed 3.35 yards per play for the entire game. Historically low. Matt, so low. Only seven other teams in the last 16 years of postseason play have allowed less yards per play. Yeah, and I think that I saw they had one drive of more than 40 yards. One drive. And they still had 31 points. So to me, that comes back to like the, yeah, how do you let Skylar Thompson score 31 points on you? Well, let's peel that back a little bit. They you give them the ball to 40 after a yeah, out of bounds. You seven, give them- yeah, seven of those points yeah. came on a Josh Allen fumble. So right now you're down to 24. And then almost all of those came on a short field. Now, I to his credit, to the Dolphins' credit, when they went down 10 late in the game, they orchestrated a touchdown drive, and that was impressive. But there were penalties mixed in the entire, you know, there was like the field position battle. The Bills lost significantly by a really wide margin. There were some dumb penalties that they took. And then we mentioned all of the things that they did on offense that ultimately came back and bit them in the butt uh, to their defense. You remember in 2020, the Browns played the Chiefs. 
and almost beat them. 22 to 17. The Chiefs wound up winning that game. Remember the Browns had a play near the goal line that should have scored, and then the ball went out of bounds near the pylon. And then the Chiefs, I think, went on to win the Super Bowl that year, right? I mean, like this is these are the things that happen during the course of football games. Or did the Chiefs go on to lose it? Whatever. You know what the point is that these things happen, and they happened to the Bengals last night, which we'll get to as well. Uh, we're recording this obvious on Monday. What I say last night, and the Bills, we do know that they're going to play Sunday uh, on this coming week against the Cincinnati Bengals at home again at three o'clock. Uh, that game will be against Cincinnati Bengals at Highmark stadium. By the way, that 2020 game, that was when the chiefs went and lost to the Buccaneers, but everybody gets the point goes back to every game is different. You never know survive in advance. Somebody texted me last night. And I agree with this said it reminded them of an NCAA tournament game where like a two seed basically squeaks by a 15. It says, okay, we got that out of the way. This was a two seed in the NFL squeaking by a seven seed, but there are issues to talk about. There are things they need to clean up. We can sing the praises of what they did really well all day and say, ah, you know, heck with that. They still played a better game. No doubt. I agree with anybody who says if they play like that next week, they'll probably lose. I agree. I agree, the I agree with play that. The way they did against the Baltimore Ravens, they might lose. So what do they have to do to clean up? And what were the issues on Sunday? Um, Josh Allen's turnovers were definitely part of that. Yeah. I don't put the one to Beasley on Josh. I do put the one to John Brown on Josh, and I do mm-hmm. obviously put the fumble on Josh. I agree. And then there was another fumble that Spencer Brown recovered yes. that could have been yes. even more disastrous. So way too many turnovers. I think it was yesterday one of those instances where Josh felt like he needed to do everything himself, especially when they went when they went down. And I, I saw his like average depth of target was 26 yards in the fourth quarter, which is bananas. Now there's going to be people who are like Ken Dorsey, what the hell? Well, there was probably things underneath that they just refused to take. And I don't really understand why, but with Josh Allen, I feel like this is going to be how it is for the rest of his career. There's going to be the good and there's going to be the bad and the good is going to really greatly outweigh the bad. But every once in a while, you're just going to have to deal with some of the stuff That's that right. comes. It's it's like Brett Favre was back in the day. Like you take that you take, because when he's on, he's the best player on the planet. And when he's off, like yesterday, there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, the myth about playoff Josh Allen is dead after yesterday. He didn't play a great game. He also didn't play a terrible game. He had 350 yards and three touchdowns. Like, come on. What about over 400 yards of Khalil Shakir holds on? You know what I'm saying? Like the standard is so different compared to what it once was. The throw to Gabe Davis, the touchdown, that was a dime. The deep ball to Shakir that was dropped, that was beautiful. The, the deep ball to Stefan early on in the game that he didn't score, beautiful. Yeah, third and 15, and then they throw to Knox the other day. So, like, I'm not concerned about Josh. He needs to make better decisions. He needs to protect the football better. But moving forward, I have no concerns about Josh. There are other people that I have concerns about offensively, but he's not one of them. Or at are least you, he's not he's not high on the list. Are you concerned about the offensive line? Seven sacks given up. We talked we talked a little bit about it. I I'll give you my take on this. I'll ask if you're concerned. Um, it's not good. It's not pretty. It's also, I think, a bit of a bad matchup for this Bills offensive line. I don't think they handle that kind of pressure very well. I think the Dolphins really brought a lot of pressure in different ways. They blitzed a lot. Give the Dolphins credit. I think they had a good game plan, and they knew they had to be aggressive. I don't think the Bills handled it that well. Um, a different animal with the Cincinnati Bengals. They're going to try and get pressure with their front four, and they do have guys who can do that. But again, it's a different game. I, I am a little concerned about that number, but not overall concerned because it is kind of scheme-based and personnel-based based on who they played. Yeah, I think yesterday was more a result of how desperate the Dolphins were able to play and just the Dolphins having a really good defensive line with some mm-hmm. really great playmakers. Like, yep. give them credit. That's probably the strength of their defense. That might be the strength 
their entire team besides their wide receivers. So I'm moderately concerned about the offensive line because there were too many times yesterday, excuse me, where Josh just was helpless. Like there was nothing that he could do. There was nobody open. And by the time that he could get off of his first read, he was being taken down to the ground. So I would say on a scale of one to 10, I'm at like a six as far as the offensive line is concerned with my, with my concern level. There you go. Uh, Well, and then, they didn't run the ball very well uh, outside of Josh who had 20 yards rushing. He didn't run the ball very much. He had a couple times. He took off no. outside of Josh, the running backs themselves, less than four yards of carry. Let's remember, this is a team this year that ran for over 5.1 yards of close to 5.2 yards of carry second most in the league. And even with just their running backs and not Josh, they were amongst the best in the league. I think top 10 um, Miami's defense though, very good against the run. They actually came into this game as a top five run defense, maybe top six run defense. I think it is. So the bills did not run the ball very well. They're going to have to do that a little bit better against the Cincinnati Bengals. There will be more opportunities. Um, that was also something that if they could have at least established a bit of more of a ground game, they would have had to press and put themselves in situations that caused them to make critical mistakes. Well, I even think back to the first, I believe it was the first drive of the game. Offensively, the bills were moving the ball and then they had two straight runs and one was a two yard gain. One was a three yard gain. And then they did not convert on third down. And then they had to punt the ball away. And it felt like what, killed the momentum on that drive was the decision to basically even try and run the ball. Now, there were some bright spots. The James Cook touchdown was a really well-schemed up play, but that also shows you how ineffective they were because that was a chunk play. Let's see how long that play was. I've got it right here. That was a 13-yard run. So, if you take that away, he had 11 carries for 26 yards, which is less than 2.5 yards a carry. And then as far as single Singletary is concerned. Singletary was a little bit better. He averaged 4.8 yards a carry yesterday, and his big moment came on the last off well, the second last offensive play of the game when he was able to convert that third and seven by just kind of the pile getting moved and the offensive lineman jumping and pushing yeah. him. So I do think that there's some credit there, but it's interesting because I thought going into the game, the split would be a little bit still favoring Singletary, but it wasn't. Cook actually had more rush more attempts. He had 12 and Singletary had 10. I think there is something to be said about who was out on the field at the end of the game. It was Singletary. So even though with the fumble last week, I think they still trust him more, but how about this? James cook and Devin Singletary. Neither of them had a catch. Neither of them even had a target. Isn't yeah, let me, let me let me touch on that, though. I think this goes back to the way the Dolphins played them. I think the, the Dolphins were so aggressive, the Bills had to keep a guy in. I don't think they wanted their running backs to leak out. I think they just basically kind of took that out of their arsenal and said, we need a little extra protection. Of course, it didn't really help a lot because they had mm-hmm. seven sacks, but I do think that the Bills had to figure out a way to make sure they kept a little bit more protection in for Josh Allen. Um, and then the Bills, when they went wide, they... Remember, they had all these receivers active, right? John Brown, Cole Beasley, Shakir, McKenzie wasn't. The Bills went with their receivers uh, when they went to their spread offense and basically four wide, five wide offense. Looking at the snap counts overall, by the way, um, Devin Singletary, 41 snaps, James Cook, 23. So Singletary still outsnapped him by pretty, I guess, a bit of a significant margin. 55% of the overall offense goes to Singletary, James Cook with 31 Percent. All right, let's um let's touch on the defense and some of the things that they did right and wrong here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 